Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 13 years, 12 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go! Hi, friends! Uh, we are so excited. We've got an interview for you today, and we're so excited for our guest. We've got Matt Haugen from Haugen Racing. I'm yep. so excited for this. <laughs> um, so, Matt, can we just kick it off? Can you give us a little intro about yourself? Tell yeah. Tell us who you are. Yeah, so thanks so much, guys, for inviting me on here and having me. It's definitely an honor. Um, so yeah, my name is Matt Haugen. Uh, my only business now is Haugen Racing. <laughs> been, All in. Yeah, I've been juggling a couple for most of my career, but now I'm, I'm all in on Haugen Racing. So basically, uh, man, Haugen Racing has evolved um, a bunch over the years, but uh, as of right now, we are a... Uh, we like to call ourselves an entertainment company revolved around automotive. Mm. So uh, we do drifting. Uh, I'm a professional drifter. Uh, so we'll be at events giving ride-alongs and doing demos, things like that. Um, so as when well the kids as, said, do we get to ride with, a, yeah. <laughs> ride with an actual race car driver? Maybe I can tell them maybe someday. That could happen. For sure, <laughs> yeah. Do you, yeah. I, I saw a little bit about this, little bit this weekend. It looked like you guys were having some fun out in Tucson. Yeah, it was super fun. That's our home track down there, Muscleman Honda Circuit. So, um, But yeah, and then um, so the drifting, um, custom cars. I've been building custom cars since I was could walk pretty much. Maybe younger. <laughs> I don't know. It started with Hot Wheels, you know, and then Evolves. Um, and then our YouTube channel. We love... Uh, love entertaining and love making videos and um, our whole channel revolves around automotive parody so it's something that's pretty unique uh, we take basically comedy and revolve it around cars sometimes it's loose sometimes it's like very hardcore around cars but um, what's interesting about that is a lot of our audience is actually like not even into cars so <laughs> that's, that's awesome. kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just think it's yeah. funny, and it's and it, they get to learn a little bit about the car culture and things like that. So the YouTube channel is for our listeners. Haugen Racing. Haugen Racing. Yep, everything is Haugen Racing. Instagram, Instagram. Facebook, YouTube. I mean, you have those are big three. You so. started to explode on on Instagram as well, as I've seen, and and uh, you've had a couple of YouTube uh, videos go viral. Yeah, so videos that weren't on our channel, unfortunately. So, yeah, <laughs> so ones that we were a part of or helped make. Um, yeah, like Grandma's Driving Lamborghinis is like one of the, probably one of the most well-known automotive videos there is. Yeah. And I did all the driving in it. It was our car. Like, we were a big part of that video, but it was uh, kind of before I was doing YouTube stuff. So, um, what that was year, kind of What year was that? Ugh. I can't like 2017 maybe 16. How many how many views? I, I don't even know cumulatively, but because it like blew up on YouTube on Facebook, then there's all these reposts. But it's got to be like 30, 40 million views between like all the platforms. Um, but yeah, it was it was huge. That's awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, I mean, it made the Lambo like yeah. our car. Yeah. World famous, um, but it didn't. Which Lambo? Which Lambo was it? Lamborghini Murcielago. Which, what color is it? Black. Is it the one I drove? 
And you probably yeah. <laughs> so, so let me let me tell a quick story about the Lambo. <laughs> so so I was down in uh, I was down in town uh, to play play golf with his dad with your dad probably five six years ago and uh, we were just finished up golfing and you were at school you, you, before USC where'd you go ASU. So Matt's got a lot of education too. So he he went to uh, Arizona State University. Got your bachelor's degree there, yep. and then and then got your master's in entrepreneurship, correct? Yep, at, at USC. USC. Yeah, yeah. And so Matt was off at ASU. I think I might have been staying in his room that <laughs> night. And uh, and uh, we were heading to the Mexican restaurant. And his dad had driven the Lamborghini, and uh, and so I asked him if I could ride in it. And your dad said, "You sh- you want to drive it?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." And everybody else was afraid. I mean, this is like, uh, I don't know what that car's valued at. $500,000, give or take? Uh, They're like three hundred. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I've, been telling <laughs> the, I've been telling the story <laughs> at four fifty or five, but it, it's, only, it. it's just a little chump change, $300,000 car. <laughs> anyway, so I'm driving a car worth, you know, the price of some people's houses. And, uh, and I'm, do, I'm in third gear. And I'm doing a uh, hundred plus miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone but it's smooth i don't even feel it and here's what his dad says to me he goes he goes uh you know you got a family right john and i'm like yeah at that time i think we had two kids and he goes a couple little ones at home i said yeah he goes he goes you want to see him again I'm like yeah he goes you might want to back off the throttle a little bit he goes i've lived a long life i'm good to go but, <laughs> And so, sure enough, I look down. I'm doing, I think, 112. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Grandma's driving Lamborghini. So, 30 to 40 million views in that in that rig, and in, in in 17. And so now you guys are though going all in on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. So that's our personal YouTube channel now yeah. that we're building. We've only been building that for like, I think, like six, seven months. Um, it's gone a lot slower than I want it to, but the feedback's been good, and that's kind of why I decided. Um, when our other business shut down at the start of this year, that's yeah. kind of the only reason I was like, I think I can make this work and continue going is that feedback that we've gotten from the small amount of viewers we do have right now. <clears throat> They're like, this is who's going to like comments we'll get is like, who's going to be here when they hit a million subs. And like, this is the best automotive channel on YouTube and like all these things. And so like that feedback's where I'm like, uh, yeah, let's give us a chance. Well, so, you guys have about a hundred thousand. I mean, they, they have about a hundred thousand followers on Instagram right yeah. now, right? Hogan Racing, and so it's not you're not in the spot of, you know, I'm just gonna try and start something fresh and brand new. This has got some momentum. That's the thing. Like we are, I think we're very well known, um, but not as a YouTuber mm. or a YouTube channel, and so that's kind of been that's been the, probably the biggest struggle is is converting people over and saying, hey. You know, now we have a, a YouTube channel. It's serious. Um, it's worth paying attention to. And like Instagram and Facebook, this is kind of, I don't know how much listeners or you yeah, guys know yeah. about kind of like how, like that whole world, but like Instagram and Facebook are, Facebook owns Instagram, right? And right. They are hugely competitive with YouTube. YouTube's the largest search engine on the internet. It's larger than Google. Google owns YouTube. And so you have these two kings, Facebook versus Google, and they don't want to cooperate. And so whenever I try to promote my YouTube channel on Facebook and Instagram, where we have very large followings, hmm. um, they like don't show people our posts. We get like 
a tenth of the engagement we should be getting, uh, all this stuff. So it's super hard to convert people over. That's been like probably one of the biggest challenges. So what's going to be your top strat? So what is going to be your top strategies as you grow the, as you as you do try to grow the YouTube channel? Um, so there's like two two big things we want to do this year. One is we want to do a really significant build. I mean, car build. We've done a lot, but we're going to do a new one that we can have and have updates on like every other week or something like that. Mm. Because a lot of people love following car builds on YouTube and it's something that gives us like a year's worth of content. And so we have a build all planned. Um, it's just if we can fit it within the budget, that would be something that we'd really love to do. And that should bring a lot of attention over. The other one is we want to do a bunch of collabs um, with some automotive channels, but also a lot of comedy channels um, that would kind of help continue to push our push our audience in the direction of automotive parody rather than like hardcore car stuff. Who are some known uh, comedy channels? Uh, like Trevor Wallace, Blake yep. Weber, Churdley's. Um, I definitely like all those guys' content. And I think they would be, I think their audiences are like right up our alley. So those are definitely people we're going to be targeting for collabs. That's awesome. And you're going to be racing as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean... Uh, we're not doing pro competition this year, um, which sucks, but it was kind of like I basically have my other business put me in like crazy debt and I basically have a year um, to try to make Hagen Racing a profitable business. So um, time's counting down <laughs> as we're talking. I have till December. Um, nice. <laughs> this is love the process material. Yeah. Let's go. It's terrifying. I mean, it's like everyone's dream though, right? To yeah. Take something that you totally love and try to turn it into a profit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And we have a good we have a good base for it, right? So it's um, yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy. We, yeah. we spend a lot of money even just doing our events and upkeep with the cars and stuff like that. So it's not like starting with you know, just one personal car and yourself and having to try to make a profit. It's like we have eight cars, a semi, a shop. We have one full-time employee besides me and then a bunch of part-timers. So it's like we have to overcome a yeah. significant uh, cost. <laughs> well, the beauty of this is, is, I mean, you're going, you're creating a market that really is a niche. It, it, there's not a lot of people in already, right? I mean... I don't think there's anyone you could yeah. really consider automotive parody. Yeah. So it's I, I, we have a video that says what is automotive parody, and we're trying to coin that term. So yeah, there are channels that as a bunch of automotive channels. There's some that include some comedy aspects, but as far as doing actual skits that revolve around comedy and cars, I don't know of another channel that does it. So right, and so can you you could probably can you expand to to like uh, I mean I think of the. Uh, different channels out there besides YouTube, the bigger, you know, Netflix and, and HGTVs and some of those channels. I mean, if, if one of those picked you up, would you guys do a show? Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, we've like been so close on a couple of shows in the past. We had like this one media company that hit us up and they wanted to do something, uh, for Netflix and basically do like kind of a life in the day of, and just like follow us around and that fell through. Um, but then there's another one that we are working on that they basically want to uh, show like there's like kind of a, a gap right now between uh, your like 
hot rodders and vintage car guys, so think like the older crowd, and then import and drift people think the younger crowd. There's like a gap. There's a misunderstanding between the two. They don't realize they're like the same people. They're just into cars. Right. Um, but there's this gap. And so the show that these guys are developing is around connecting that gap. Mm. And so we kind of started filming for that show and uh, just creating a pilot episode, basically. But When was that? Yeah. How long ago was that? That was only like a month ago that we okay. started filming for the pilot episode. So, so I mean, this is, I mean, this is, this is, uh, excites me like this does this i mean honestly like uh yeah. the you know that uh burn the ships you know no retreat no no uh, either we're getting that we're either gonna make it or we're gonna die right i mean well, here's honestly if at the end of the year i don't make it like yeah. i'm done drifting yeah and that's something that i think i'm exceptionally good at like and yeah. i think i have like a god-given talent for it yeah and i want to continue competing and doing that but if at the end of the year we're out of money like i'm probably done for a long time <clears throat> so i got a question for you and yeah. it's, so that's the reality or, you know let's let's maybe we can think this kind of conceptually too like, like part of me is uh we have concepts within the constraints of love the process and i work with teams companies entrepreneurs people all the time mm-hmm. who are who are on a, a various mission your mission is pretty straightforward we are gonna. We want to bring Haugen Racing to the forefront of this parody and comedy with cars, which I think has a real shot. If anybody, everybody should go take a look at at this this platform because it is it is unique content and uh, and engaging and and uh, and and absolutely brings the two things together, like you said. And sometimes they wear bikinis. And sometimes they <laughs> wear. Guys. Sometimes they wear bikinis. <laughs> and, and so uh, and so, but the. Uh, this idea of uh, of deadline, and uh, I think especially I've seen it more and more. Uh, you, you know, the reality is December thirty first is is going to come, but it's not here. And so the question that often comes down on the execution is how do I remove that as a potential blocker in possibilities? Right, because time in itself is a resistance; it creates resistance. And mm-hmm. so sometimes people go, and so I often reverse engineer the goal. I say, okay, what is, what is it going to take? So to run all those things that I said, I need this much money. How fast can I do it? Right? Which is reverse engineer the concept and the construct in the, in the mind as opposed to, you, you know, see what I'm saying? So like, how quickly can we get there? Yeah. Because that's where we got to get. You know, a, a guy once said, he goes, he goes uh, how do you move a mountain? And, and I was maybe the only guy in the room with the right answer. And he goes, you move it, right? The only way to raise this revenue mm-hmm. is to raise it. And the question is, how fast can we do it? Yeah. As opposed to, now, realistic. Yes, right. And, and I've, seen if, I've seen that shift in entrepreneurs and their mindsets because then the mind now has a little bit more room. And you've worked with some of the best entrepreneurs in the, in, in the world, really, at USC, as well, but it gives you this room now to be creative that can be constrained by time limitations. Yeah. Does that make sense? For sure. So that's what, um, as we track the Haugen racing story, mm-hmm. we're going to see how close are we to the mark. <laughs> yeah. Not how close are we to December 31st. Yeah. Because I know that's going to come. The question, the only question at bar is how do we move the mountain? How do we get Haugen racing to be 
a brand, like you said, that's that's going to sustain itself in revenue, that's going to provide these opportunities to people who are working for it already, and to continue to give you the opportunity to to, to, to drive race cars and, and drift and do the things that you love. So that's what I'm excited about, um, seeing this roll out. Yeah. And, and this space and time where you said on the front end, what I heard is I'm always going all in. Hmm. And I've just seen, and what will honestly determine success, as I've seen it, is, is going to be a little bit of luck, but to some degree, it's going to be the ability, it's often the ability for me to conceive and believe, mm-hmm. you know. And your ability to withstand the pain. And, and, and to bear the pain, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big and, 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 to, and to bear the pain, right? And to get up, you know, get close, get back up again, get close, get back up again, get knocked back down, get back up again. And, and most successes and, and stories of success, Oprah Winfrey, you know, they told her, sorry, you're not good enough for television. So you know what her show's called now? Own. You know why? She said, screw you. I'll get my own show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> but on and on and on again, if you go, well, Disney, I mean, they were just about, they were, they were in debt and deep, you know, he's borrowing again from his brother. Like, you know, uh, my, Eric Thomas says it, you know, this way, you may have seen this, but he, he says, uh, he says, he tells this story. Uh, and, I, and I'd shown this to, a, to another guest uh, recently. But he tells a story about this, this young man who goes to this guru and says, I want to be successful. And maybe you've seen this. And he goes, he goes, how bad do you want to be successful? He goes, real bad. He says, meet me at the, meet me at the beach tomorrow at 4 a.m. And so have you heard the story? So he shows up at the beach at 4 a.m. And he shows up in a suit. And he should have shown up in his swim trunks because he, he walks him, the guru walks him down in the water. And he takes him into this ice hole. And then, uh, and then he, he jumps in. And he holds this kid's head underwater. And he holds it, and he holds it, and he holds it. And it's right as well he's passed out, he lets him up. And it's in Minnesota. It's in your hometown, I think. Or maybe it was Michigan. Anyway, he lets him back up. And, and the kid's just like, what the fuck? You know, what are you, what, what are you doing? Crazy. The old man's crazy. He goes, what were you thinking when you were underwater? And he said, uh, I wanted to breathe. He goes, the day you want to be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, that's the day you'll be successful. Yeah. And, and it, it's that total commitment to do like adrian said whatever it takes and often what it'll take is what it takes yeah. it'll take what it takes and so um my my i'm excited the and you and it, you have a ton of um fans like you said you know drive to a million we've we've seen dear we've seen friends of ours who who sat and and charted on a napkin at the golf club one day you know or whatever and it's telling us oh man we want to be influencers we want to be social media influencers and we're like how's that gonna pay the bills well sure enough enough, two months ago he comes (laughs) over she quits what a year ago and he comes over goes yep quit my job i'm going all in (laughs) shepherd enterprises i'm like okay so way to go we have this thing we say that it's supposed to be hard right that like things are going to be hard so you went to school for entrepreneurship. Now you're in it. Is it harder than you thought it was going to be? Uh, I think the challenges are different than I thought they were going to be. Like for me, quite honestly, the, I don't know, like the challenges have been more with taking care of myself and finding like happiness right now. Mm. Um, I, I can work like a fucking son of a gun. Yeah. Sorry for swearing. Yeah, but no, like, that's good. You know my dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. believe I can work harder than he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tells me, no, you can't. But yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'll show you. Yeah. And so I got no problem with working. Yeah. 
I got no problem with the intelligence or the yeah. creativity or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But where I've lost it is, like, for example, last week I worked like 10 days in a row and I was working like, I mean, honest to God, like 16 hour days. Like, I didn't, and even probably more than that some of the days. And I ended up the last like two or three days of that stint, I was like having panic attacks every night. And then the last day I had like heart palpitations. Like, my heart was like, not even fucking beating right and i was like Ooh. passing out and i was like all right like i found my limit and that like that combined with like kind of just putting like everything since i was like 21 years old and i'm kind of going off on a tangent this sorry, is good. but like senior year i was 21 and i was like kind of had a panic attack and i was like you know what the hell am i gonna do like i didn't expect my parents to support me or help me and i had i knew i wanted to have a business but i didn't i didn't want to go into a career and so I started something and I basically like pushed my fraternity aside, pushed all my friends to the side, all this stuff. And that led to like a four years of pretty extensive depression. Yeah. And so for me, it's not, it's not like the work, it's not like the challenges with the whole entrepreneurship, it's everything around it. And yep. like figuring out how to still be like so focused and so all in, but like still be happy and not, you know, and, and have a life too. That's like... That's been my biggest challenge, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we talk about that. We talk about that all the time about this idea of work-life balance, and that there, it's a lie because it's really just one life. So yeah. how do you enjoy the work while you're taking care of yourself and just enjoy the entire process? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what we found for people that when they, to be successful to get over this hurdle. One is you got to be aware what you you are. Yeah. I mean, awareness is huge. A lot of folks they just don't. They're not aware, self-aware enough. To even to even know, man, if I go this hard, I get depressed, or if I go, you know, or and I can, I'll get uh, anxious, or if I've not slept properly, um, I'm really it can it can throw me off. And so everybody's got different uh, mm-hmm. disciplines they need to engage in. Um, yeah, balance, exercise. I mean boundaries. They're really just yeah. boundaries you need to set for yourself. Yeah, and and, and it's the inputs too, right? It's like uh, if everybody's inputs are different, but if it's if it's exercise and it's you know, I got to get four hours of cardio a week, then I got to get four hours of cardio a week. If it's, um, if it's relationally, you know, that fuels you, um, you know, the social side or whatever, like, like those things are part of the deal and part yeah. of the process. And so like, I have to measure those just as much as I measure the input on whatever project and, and thing I'm, I'm somewhat obsessing about in those, in that Yeah, how moment. many videos you're making or how... Yeah. So you know what's you know what's crazy with this whole thing like we're, we this whole time we've been talking about like Haugen racing and all that stuff but you know what my biggest goal is for this year? Mm. It's to get happier and healthier, which literally has no relevance to Haugen racing. Oh, but it does. It does, but like you know what I mean? Like it's the core goal. Like yeah. if you asked me last year, it was to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. Right. That was my main goal. Right. And so like I totally switched my goal this year, and I'm like, you know what, like that happier and healthier if at the end of the year like i'm i'm a big belief in a higher power mine's god it doesn't matter whose yours is but it's yeah. like i think if Hogan racing for whatever reason doesn't work out at the end of the year it just wasn't meant to be it doesn't mean that's the end of my entrepreneurship journey or anything like that mm-hmm. and being that my main goal on the way was to be happier and healthier um i think i could be content with whatever the results are. <clears throat> so right? how can you measure that? So, so perfect. So, yeah, so, awesome. so how do we build a scoreboard? How do you, what's your, what's a scoreboard for how, happy. happiness? Uh, what's that look like? 
kind of like so i go to therapy I, i'm like so open so sorry it's awesome <laughs> yeah no i go to therapy once a week and yeah. i'll we'll like we'll have check-ins and i'm kind of like you know monday through wednesday were good days thursday friday sucked whatever it is and just kind of every week having you know more good days than bad and seeing that kind of ratio go more and also being able to deal with harder things like sometimes i'll go there and i'm like i don't really have all that much to talk about like i already kind of dealt with them you know and so that's progress to me right because yeah, like a year ago i'd have all of these things and life's harder now than it was a year ago a hundred times harder but you know i've learned how to deal with them better and how to work through them on my own you know but it's still good to have that that check-in oh so. it's so good and how about healthier healthier uh so that one uh like I used to be like super into working out. I go to the gym like five times a week and I was like almost like into it on like bodybuilder level, but it was just for my own thing. And that just like went to shit over the last like five years. Um, but now I'm like in the gym uh, consistently five times a week. And when I'm like not no events, I'll get like seven in a week, six, seven in a week. Um, and so it's just kind of progress with that too, right? So I have like a, I took a picture like six months ago and I kind of, started this workout journey and I have that like up on like a board above my computer and so I just kind of look at that every morning I'm like do I look better than that and better than last week and so that's kind of how I measure progress with that yeah, that's so. awesome that's awesome you know the the thing I would say is twofold one I love your 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 authenticity and and, and self-awareness is mm-hmm. is is above average for sure for your age and and for really probably any age um and i think that's so important um where we talk i talk about um this idea of you know aars after action reviews that navy seals use them and the ability to, to kind of go these are the results i was after this is what i did and and this is what occurred and then having the ability to, to reverse engineer um those inputs and then take different actions going forward, um, I think is hugely important. And I think, you know, that understanding of the goal of being happier and healthier. And to Adrian's point, I do believe, um, you know, giving ourselves to a worthy cause, um, you know, you've probably heard the uh, Roosevelt man, man in the arena. If you haven't, I, Adrian, you have, a, you have the ability to bring it up. But there's, he, there's this quote from Roosevelt about the man in the arena. And, and as I hear your story and I hear – what you're doing, and I hear 16-hour days, eight or nine in a row. Did you find it? And uh, I'm too busy listening. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're so good. <laughs> I hear, I hear a guy who's who's showing up, you know, who's getting up, who's who's getting back in the ring, who's continuing to to persevere and persist towards something that you care deeply about. It's got your name behind it. The man in the arena. And so this is this is a quote that that I've long look to in in various seasons but this is a season for sure for you to just take heart in what what he says here this is theodore roosevelt it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out the strong man stumble how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly who errs who comes short again and again because there's no effort without effort and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be 
with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. See, I love that. And like, you know, I wanted to say something earlier and this is like segues into this perfectly. So I, I like my business, my other business shut down uh, like middle of January and I called one of the professors from USC. Like, so all the main professors kind of like become mentors for you. It's super cool. It's, it's, it truly is like a cult, if you guys ever heard. How many of the were in USC your cohort? How thing. many? Yeah, how many were in the cohort? There's like forty of us. Okay, I think. okay, okay. Yeah, and so his name's Albert Napoli, and so I called him up, and I was like, "Man, what do you think? Like, should I do this thing? Should I just give up? Should I try something else? Like, what do you think I should do? Like, it's this is just kind of craziness right now." And he basically went on to say, like, you know, I can tell in your voice, like, you've just been so freaking defeated. And like, I mean, that business like almost broke our family up, almost caused my parents to get a divorce, like, like all, all the bad stuff, right? But we made it, we made it through. Business shut down and lost all our money, but um, the important things made it through, right? Parents yeah. are still together, we all still love each other, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so he's like, considering all that, he's like, you have so much stuff that you could use as excuses going forward. And he's like, the biggest thing I want you to do is live these next 12 months with no excuses. And that just like hit me so hard, like it's such a simple saying, but I literally, the next week I went and got tattooed on my foot. Like I'm a big, like, I'm really into tattoos. I, you can't see any, well, I guess you can see some on my leg. But um, I was like, you know what? I'm putting this on my freaking foot. It's huge, just like my whole foot. I was like, I'm putting this on. So every morning I wake up, I look down, I'm like, all right, live with no excuses. And that's my thing. If I live with no excuses, I work every day and relax some days, yeah. With no excuses, right? At the end of the year, um, no matter what the result is, like Roosevelt was saying, um, I can be content with the results, right? Because yeah. I, I did show up and I gave it my all, yeah. you know, yeah. as much as I possibly could. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> that yeah. is good. John has a great quote for excuses. I do. So, my, uh, <laughs> so a little back, you know, I was a ward of the court when I was seven and, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of things to be upset about. Uh, when I was a kid, my, I asked, you know, this gal said, who do you want to live with? I said, my mom, and, and my mom wasn't fit to raise me at that time. Um, you know, realistically, she knew, you know, deep in her heart of hearts. But my aunt and uncle ended up raising me, and I'm I'm basically an only child, and uh, and I'd, I'd get in a fight, like, every other day in elementary school for, like, four years. And so in fifth grade, this guy, and sixth grade, I had him. He came to our wedding, a guy named Tim Rhodes. <clears throat> and Tim Rhodes... Um, the first thing the he teacher. said, the teacher, Mr. Rhodes, when he got a hold of me, he's been teaching like 39 years now. He's got my law school transcripts on his wall just to prove the kids like anything is possible. <laughs> like anything is possible if this kid could make it to this point. And so, um, so he says to me, he goes, uh, he goes, listen, I know you've had it hard. I know you had every reason to be upset. He goes, but this right here is a no excuse zone. He goes, he goes, and this is the quote. And I just went back last year and spoke at his fifth grade class. Oh, and no so cool. joke. These kids recited this quote I'm going to give you. He teaches all of his classes this quote. He takes some of the toughest kids, and, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he loves on them. He said, excuses is the refuge of cowards and the building blocks to a house of failure. Excuses is the refuge of cowards and the building blocks to a house of failure. I was in fifth grade, and, but I, it was the first male, really, that um, I had all got women teachers until that point. It was a woman who was the attorney who asked me who I wanted to live with. And, she, and, I, and I said my mom, and that she didn't listen. And I, was, I hated women. I didn't listen to them. And, but this guy got a hold of me, and I, and I listened to him. 
It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And so in our company, even at ProStar, we have, you'd have a hard time making a word game to get somebody to make an excuse. Like it's, uh, you talk about cult, like we have a culture. Um, and, and I think you Albert is so spot on, um, live with no excuses. And I think that that is a great way to put it. That's a short version of Mr. Rhodes quote, yeah, live with no excuses. And the fact is what he said, what he says is so true too, is like, because they don't, they won't get us where we're going. Yeah. Right. We won't. We you can't learn if it's not on me. Yeah. Like and now I go kind of extreme with this. Like if I get rear-ended, I'll think to myself, "Shit, I should have been driving faster. I should have looked in my mirror a couple more times." <laughs> maybe I could have made that light. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I could have made that light. Maybe I, I should. The guy was. I should have tried it because the guy was behind me and smack. I get hit. Right. Yeah. So like this extreme level of ownership. And, 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 you know, it's the old adage, you know, and you believe, you believe in God. And, and it's this idea of, like, did God bring me this far to drop me? Like, if I just draw a circle around myself, what can I do? What are the gifts that God gave me? What can I control? And let the chips fall where they may. So, But, it take, I mean, it takes practice. And every, to train your brain to, to not, absolutely. It does. And every Man. decision that you make on a way that you're thinking, it trains your brain to think that way. So as soon as you think something negative, your brain is getting into a habit of thinking something negative. See, and I do this. Yeah. <laughs> I do this. And I've done it forever. He's snapping It's a, a negative pain reinforcement. Band. I'm snapping a rubber band on my wrist. <laughs> and I'm, I'm seriously, and the other one that I'll do if I'm thinking negatively often in a meeting is I will literally just kind of, right, just do that. Mm-hmm. Just so I can, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, just putting my hands on my face and just, just letting it go because, you know, I heard this guy one time. He said uh, he got out of this business meeting, and the guy says, "Why did you? You must have said terrific like eleven times." And and the guy goes, "I know you got a much bigger vocabulary than that." And he says, uh, "Well, Dave, I've been working really hard on not saying bullshit." <laughs> and so, but like we have to, de- but the, it's such a good point. Like, we have to develop a way of dealing with the tsunami of things that are coming at us with the proper mental line because everything starts in our mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, especially if you're going to be putting yourself out there in a way so clearly on like social media and videos, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like you. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people that that say (laughs) your crap and you're wasting your time. Yeah. So how do you like make sure that you're focusing on, there's no excuses, your positive mental attitude and your positive perspective so that you can And once that you get the haters, that's what we need more on this episode than the show. We say every we got like all five stars. I'm like we need more haters. But Gandhi said it this way. He says, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. Yep. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. And to lean into that that last element, right? It's easy, ah, they ignored me. Oh, now they're laughing at me. Oh, but now they're fighting me. Now I have to persist through that. And then you win. You know what's funny is we're, we're at that fight stage. Good. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and, but people are starting to give up. <laughs> like this last weekend was really good for that. People are like, a lot of people that have been like trying to fight us for the past like year, um, they're kind of just kind of giving up. They're, get, they're not, eh, some of them turn over to the support stage, but they're kind of like, eh, like it's just, you know, like it's not worth fighting anymore. So, um, that's kind of what tells me, like, 
if everybody was just like laughing at us or ignoring us, it'd be like, man, we don't have anything here. This is like bullshit. Like let's either change what we're doing completely um, or, you know, do something else. But when people like, when you have that like fighting stage, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of where, I don't know. And you have a high that. engagement. Lost my train of thought. But you have there, a high but. engagement. I mean, I mean, this is not a, this is not a pipe dream by any stretch of imagination. You guys have a high engagement. You're committed, yeah, and you're and you're putting in the work, and, and you you've got this metric that of help, happier and healthier. I mean that is keyhole, that is keyhole of the yeah, process. Yeah, I mean so now like fitting that in with how are you helping people, yeah, so that you can really like zone in on mm-hmm. you know making other people want to share more and. And that's true. So, so you went to SC. So I'll, I'll give a little off the wall SC analogy. Okay, Pete Carroll coached at SC, and. Um, he, he actually ended up, before he was coaching at SC, he got fired from the New York Jets. They went 6-10. Six and 10. They were 6-6. Six and six. They rattled off four straight losses. He got fired on the spot by the owner of the New York Jets. The next year, the Jets went 1-15, okay? So, obviously, the move of hiring, firing Pete Carroll did not work out the way he'd hoped. <laughs> but Pete said, you know, as he's trying to contemplate what his next move was, we're going to go to Disney World for four days, recharge, get the family. But he said he met with this guy. And he meets with this guy, and he says, I always wanted to win a Super Bowl, right? It's like what well, you're saying. I, I want to I get this going. I always wanted to win a Super Bowl. And the guy said to him, you're going to take that SC job, right? And Pete says, yeah. He goes, they got a hell of a gang problem down there. And he's like, huh? I told you I want to win a Super Bowl. He goes, uh, what do you think we could get down there and, and maybe shake some, some hands and find out what's going on, why they're shooting each other up? And Pete's like, Sure. <laughs> I want to win a Super Bowl. This guy wants me to go down on the streets of L.A. The second thing he says is, what's your philosophy? And Pete goes, well, we like to say always compete. He goes, let's get on the streets of L.A. You build out your philosophy, always compete. And 15 years later, so they do. The first two years, he's down at SC. He's in Watts and Compton. He's on the street in a USC turtleneck, glad hand, and known gang members with a couple people on his staff. Crazy. And late <laughs> at night, like it is tonight. And and. And then, and then and he builds out Always Compete. 15 years later, give or take, I was at East Rutherford, New Jersey, when the Seattle Seahawks rolled the Denver Broncos for the first ever Super Bowl in Seattle Seahawks history. Hmm. So what Adrian's talking about, this idea of like, how can I, how can I use this platform? How can I use what, I'm, what I've been given? Right? Too much is given, much is required to help. Yeah. To help and bring people up so that I can build my house and not tear those around me down, but also bring them up with me. And I think that's a piece of this idea of love, and in, in, in we talk about with love the process. Mm-hmm. So that I haven't figured out yet, honestly. Like, oh, you make people laugh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like my other good medicine. Yeah, my other business, like that, was revolved around helping people. It was for profit, but so that was kind of where I, I had the balance. Kids love race cars, man. But, yeah, I don't know. I want to do it. I want to do it on another level. But like, honestly, right now, this is like, um, this sounds super selfish, but I'm like, I want to get this working and then I'll figure out how to help people. I think along the way we are, our eyes are open. Like we talked about doing like a, a sticker and having like, you know, a big, big portion of the proceeds going um, to some charity. But it's like, I think I want to just focus on myself right now. I want to be a little selfish. I'm only 27 years old. Um, 
I'll have plenty of time to give back. I can give back with the same business even within the next year. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm like, I just want to be selfish. I'll make this thing work. And then, but that's always in my mind, right? Like the thing with me is like a lot of people, you would say, man, that's kind of fucked up. I hate this guy. But with me, like it's still in my mind. I just, I'm also aware enough that I'm like, I think I need to be selfish right now and make this thing work. Because then I have a bigger platform to help people with anyways. I mean, right now, if I tried to start, like we talked about doing a little, like a, like Hagen Racing Foundation or something like that. And, um, you know, having, having an event and having people come do ride alongs and bring in sponsors and all this stuff. But it's like right now, you know, maybe I could raise, you know, a small amount and have, you know, a couple of thousand people there. But in like a year or two, if we had like, you know, 500,000, million subs, whatever it is, we could do something very significant. Well, what's crazy is it all starts, it starts somewhere, right? Like the Pete Carroll incident that I was talking about, like that was nothing spectacular. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, literally to the, to the minute detail, this is, this is just winning. I'm telling you, winning 103. Okay, if that was a class. This is like third level winning master's level. Sounds nuts. Sounds crazy. The ability to, yes, be selfish with your time, go execute on the things that are going to make this thing go. No question. And don't stop and don't take no and keep moving and all that stuff. But the awareness, like you said, of, of, oh, man, there's a kid right there. And and he's got a little, little toy car. To go, hey, hey, what do you, you know, like the, just the little, little tiny things we can do to get out of myself. You know what I do? I pick up trash. See, mate, so. It sounds yeah, crazy. I mean, it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't I, I got to I gotta interrupt you, though, because, like, yeah. that's, I, I don't, like, I just consider that being a good human being. Yeah. Like, every, yeah, so you're I, already doing these things. We do a bunch of that shit, yeah, but I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I, I feel like once you start, and you're not, but I think in general, some people, they start telling themselves, man, I'm a really good person just because or I'm, I'm doing a lot for the world just because I'm being a, a good human being. I'm like, that should just be a given. Table stakes. Like anything, anything beyond that, I'm saying we don't have figured out right now. But like, yeah, we, every time we, selfish, every right? time we clean yeah. up, like every time yeah. we clean up, I make the whole team walk around our pit area and like the 30 feet around our rig, which is like probably a hundred by 200 feet. Yeah. And we pick up all the trash. You leave it better than you found um, Like every kid that I see, I, I plop them in the car I give him a free sticker, give him a high five, all that stuff. I'll literally like, I've been talking to like a potential sponsor and I've been like, wait a second and gone and like, you know, met a little kid yeah. and put him in a car. But I, I don't talk about those things. I, I just do them. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. like, I think once you start talking about him being like, I'm such a good person, like it just becomes an ego thing. And so, yeah. yeah. But so but, you're already executing on, on helping people. Yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah on little yeah. stuff. But so, I just, kinda, I'm like, yeah. we should all be doing that. Like, that's just being a good person. I well, think. and so the the challenge, right, or the uh, the rub with us, we we struggle. I struggle with this a lot. Is how do you how do you show and influence others to like you know Mother Teresa? I mean, I don't think she talked about it much, but people knew. Yeah. Right. Like, cause, cause if you, when you have a platform, you know, too much is given, much is required. Right. I believe. And so when you have a platform, how can you, how can people, obviously on your team, they see it with what you just described. Obviously the kid sees it, um, with what you just described, but any, any way to, um, to help others see that vision. Cause not everybody thinks that way. Thinks that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's sure. where, that's where I, I bring it up to just to go, man, 
anytime I'm with someone and I go, when they could see, and, and we struggle with this, we do. How do you, what's the line? You know, what's the line between the right hand alone and what the left hand is doing? And, and I don't know the answer. I mean, I could tell you for ProStar, we do tons of stuff that never gets seen, never, nobody knows about it. And, um, and sometimes, uh, you know, frankly, we get crap for not sharing it. Yeah. Which, which is a weird side of it. Um, you know, I was with the guy last week who's the head of uh, a major company in this country, a Fortune 500 company, uh, their marketing. And, um, you know, I think he thinks we don't, we don't, share, we don't share enough of what we do. Hmm. And, and we're one or two in a region in growth every quarter. And, and, and top in Washington as of last, you know, last year in terms of growth with a couple of top ma- major companies. And so it's like, I mean, even just what's like, the answer to what this? values are yeah. once in a while. Like, yeah. these are better. How good values are. Or, this is what we believe as a company. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I have no idea. So like, I, I don't do any of that. And I don't I'm like, I suck with this. I'm like, I don't know if you suck with it though. Cause I feel like it's just like, I don't know. I see all these other influencers and stuff and they'll be like, they'll have this photo and it's just so perfect of them like giving a signature out to a little kid. And I'm like, (laughs) dude, fuck you. Like, I don't put any of that stuff on. What I I figure though is if I continue doing this, um, if we really create a platform. Even if you don't advertise it, if you have your mindset is that way, like things are going to go your way. People see it. Like Like, like that's the thing. I think people see it. Like I don't even show it, but I think people see it because I do get like interesting messages and comments and people come up and say. For sure. But it takes them paying attention a little bit. Mm -hmm. And one little post, I I don't think would really help me because I think if anything, it would hurt me. Because like, but it does take paying a little bit of attention because a lot of people that I would say, um, we are like and have been one of the most judged drivers in drifting. Like, nice. If not the most judged, like, <laughs> yeah. just fucking hate from the second I step foot on that track. And there's so many reasons as to why, and none that were really in my control, which is like the most interesting part. But um, <laughs> over time, like, I've just continued to just be myself and and true to myself, and I've definitely slipped up, but. I've always tried to get back on track and continue doing it. And I think people have noticed. And I think if we create a platform that is as large as we want to create and yeah. enough people are watching, that will just be known. Yeah. Kind of like, I mean, yeah. not I'm not comparing myself to Mother Teresa on any level, but like you said, yeah. it was just kind of known. Yeah. And so I think that will... That's awesome. If you could I say, so I have one final question. Maybe you have one too. If you, so on that premise, on that idea, if there was one human need that you could go, man solve it like if you if you if you could make wave a magic wand and, and solve and one hit all your revenue goals and then yeah yeah that's all done that's of- it I mean, we're, we're past that it's like five years from now 10 years from now maybe you're 50 who knows but like if there was one one thing that you look and go man that's a necessary human suffering or man that's a necess- that should not be that way or these people or this group or whatever like what would it be like for the world you're saying yeah Oh man. <laughs> um don't caught me off guard. <laughs> Give me a sec. Yeah. The thing that you just go, man, that bugs me. Man, I see that and I'm like, that is not right. Injustice. I don't know. I don't think this is a good one, like or There's no there's no right or wrong or good or bad. <laughs> 
I'd say just happiness. Like it's just it's. I hate how it came out of my mouth, but like no, that's, that's just what came to my mind. Honestly, that was the first thing. Everybody, everybody could just be happy. Yeah, <laughs> we love. Yeah, I mean, mental health is a. <laughs> yeah. Is it can be a huge issue. I mean. And we we call that blanket unnecessary human suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just this like unnecessary. There's certain stuff. There's certain suffering that's just like we're gonna get old. We're gonna have ails. We're gonna die. You know, there's certain things that are unavoidable. Yeah. But that unnecessary human suffering. But and, and like that happiness. That's, how do like, we be happy? With that, it's like think about how many and this will be good for where for your guys' uh listeners, I think. But like think about how many people get and I'm like I think I'm textbook for that or at least have been for the last five years, but think about how many people get like so focused on their goals and making money and being successful that they just completely like put away the whole happiness thing. And some people like, I feel lucky enough that I like noticed it in the past year and started working on it. But I've like heard of and talked to some people that they're in their like seventies or eighties and they never really did that. And they're just Mm. like super sad, but they just die unhappy and they've achieved so much. And like life seems like it's perfect on the outside, but they're just fucking unhappy. And then you see some guy like, so my, yeah. Side yeah. aside to this, my like Shit. backup plan is just move to the beach and like do <laughs> yoga and Hermosa? like which beach? Uh somewhere in the Caribbean probably or in like like Asia somewhere or something, but just I don't know, be on beach. Just open up a bar and like or something like that and just like live a super like like don't I won't have like a car probably even just We're live coming. like a totally we'll, we'll bring the whole crew. Yeah. But I'm like some of those people are like I've seen them, and it's hard to tell if you just see them walking oh. around, but I've seen some of those people on the beach that look like they have absolutely nothing, and they're just so freaking happy. Dude, I was in Haiti right? last January. Yeah. The poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. I've been there, yeah. And, and, and they freaking are happier than we are. That's what I'm saying. There's like... I mean, <laughs> and, I, and you come back and you try to describe it, and you're like, no, 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 listen. You have to go see it. You can't you ha- describe you, it. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I love that. Yeah. That's a big why. Yeah. That's good. Happiness. Happy and healthy. Love it. Love it. Good stuff. Any, well, any, any final thoughts, Adrian? No. Matt? Thanks so much for being with us, Matt. We appreciate your time. Uh, thanks this for having awesome. me. This is an honor. This is so cool. Yeah. Dude. We love your wisdom. Dude. Check out Haugen Racing. Good, <laughs> Check out Haugen Racing. Support it. Hate on it. <laughs> do whatever you need to do. <laughs> Give attention because I, I do. I, I sense uh, I sense a man on a mission, and uh, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, I, I you know your work ethic, uh, your self awareness, your your education, uh, your grit, your ability to continue to persist through through things that don't go your way. Your 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 tattoo of live with no excuses is really. Um, I haven't got a tattoo yet, but maybe that'll be my first. (laughs) (laughs) So, appreciate it. Ah, You guys are too good to me. Thank you so much. For real. Thanks, friends. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. You can also follow along on our adventures on Instagram.